that I feel safe, and I have everything that I need. And here's what we know about that. Can we put up the next slide? So there are seven universal emotions. Can we get rid of the brain so it shows up better? That we are born with. I want you guys to look at that list. All of us come into the world with these seven emotions. We come into the world with it. Anger, fear, disgust, contempt, joy, and sadness. All of us are born with it. None of us are any different than anybody else. We all come into the world with these seven emotions. Because these seven emotions have to do with, do I feel safe? And do I have everything that I need? And this is what happens to us. We come in as a baby, and I have to learn how to regulate these. And the only way I can learn how to regulate these, if my mom is present with me and helps me learn how to regulate. So the nurture of the mother is really, really important. And that my home is a home in which I can feel safe in. And so from the very beginning, as I'm learning how to manage these emotions, God has put into place a way for me to be able to do that. If I'm in a home where anger is happening all the time, I'm going to have a real hard time doing this. Does that make sense, everybody? It's going to be really hard. Or if I'm in a home and, and I'm like feeling unsafe or I feel like my needs aren't being met and I'm crying and I'm wanting this to happen and nobody's there to come and help me with that, then these things are just going to always be running around in my life. And I'm going to have a really hard time learning how to control myself. We have a fascinating story about King David today. He was anointed king. And he comes into a situation where a man by the name of Nabal kind of disrespects him. See, David has been on the run. You guys know that's part of the story. Who's he running from? What does Saul want to do? He wants to kill him. Okay, but let me tell you something else about David because this is fascinating that we need to understand about David. Because when you start unpacking the story of David, the story of David when we first see him is a total dysfunction of a family. Because David is the youngest in the family. And typically, when you were the youngest in the family, you were at home with your father and your mother. And the older brothers were out. And if we know the story of when Samuel comes to anoint the next king, he comes to Jesse and says, get all your sons together. And Jesse brings all his sons and parades them before Samuel. And Samuel says, the king isn't here. Do you have another? Oh, David, he's out in the field. 
I want you to imagine with me that in reality, this is a painful thing for him. The afterthought. There's some scholars who believe that David came from a different mom. He didn't have the same mom as his brothers. So he was the other. How many of you know when you're the other? That's really hurtful. You guys know what I'm talking about? You're the other. We've all been there. Yes? We've all been there. Everybody gets picked, and then it's then you're part of the others. It's painful. And so David comes in, anoints him as king, and then he finds himself one day going to take lunch to his brothers. And it's really, really interesting because when David shows up, and this is the story when he kills Goliath, but it says that when David's there, it says his older brother became angry. He said, what are you doing here? You're just a troublemaker. That's painful. Makes me angry. Make me angry? Would it make you angry? Can we just be honest? Yeah. And now we find David, he's running for his life because there's this guy by the name of Saul who's trying to kill him. And David has these people that gather to him and he's leading them. And then comes this day when David is out with his, his, his men and they're protecting this flock of sheep that belonged to this man by the name of Nabal. And David sends a request to him and says, we're hungry, we're thirsty. Can you give us some food and water? And this is what Nabal does. Nabal goes, who's David? He's a runner. He's been running. There's lots of people running from Saul, blah, 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 blah. And he says, not giving you a thing. And rejects David. And David does this. Goes to his guys. 400 of them. And says, get your swords. And we're going to go. And we're going to kill every Male that's in Nabal's family and in his town. That's intense. You guys okay? You with me? Okay. So he's on his way. This is what I want you to understand. When we looked at that list, and I brought, I brought a little friend with me. This is my anger. It's an emotion. We all have it. All of us have it. I'm in charge. 
And here's the thing that you kind of have to get to a place where you start understanding every one of you in here. You may be sitting there thinking to yourself, Pastor Jim, I, I'm always flying off the handle. I punch holes in the wall. I kick things. I throw things. I call people names. I get in their face. I tell them it's all your fault. You're making me feel this way. No, you're choosing to feel that way. You're choosing it and saying, I'm going to just be angry. And maybe you're the same reason as I said. Remember what I said? Why anger was so important to me? Made me feel like I was in control and I didn't have to take any responsibility for it. Because it was everybody else's fault. So here's my anger. I'm in charge of it. And if I didn't learn how to manage this growing up, I had to come to a place of saying, I'm responsible for this. I have to figure out how to do this. Because this is what happens, guys and gals. After a while, people don't want to be around you. Can we go to the next slide? Anger is the first emotion mentioned in the Bible. Cain and Abel. You guys know the story? Yeah. Cain's mad. And God comes to him and says, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. You must master it. It's yours to master. And you're probably sitting there thinking, how do I do that? I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But it's interesting how he says, if you, if you do well, if you do well, your countenance will be lifted. You will start changing for the good, for the better. So here's my anger, and I've got to do something here. I was really good at this. I was a, I was a uh, power thruster. Power thruster is a person that goes there. 
and say what? What do you think? I'm waiting for him to say. I'm so sorry that I made you angry. But there's a good responsibility to deal with my anger. Eggshells. But you don't want to make them mad. It's hard. It's hard when you grow up learning that. We feel justified in our anger, in our quest for justice and fairness, for, resti- for restitution and revenge. We feel justified. I'm justified. I have a right to feel angry and to let you know all about it. And David is in this dilemma. And here's the thing about David right now. David is about to become the man that he was running from. He was one decision away from becoming just like Saul. Because Saul was the king who said, if I don't like you, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to grab a spear. I'm going to grab whatever I have. Saul was the man when chasing David went to where the priests were. And he slaughtered them all because he was angry. That's heavy. Let's go to the next slide. This is really good. This tells you how anger affects your brain. Situation comes. This person does something. He offends me. Goes into your brain. Goes to your amygdala. Your hippocampus. Goes down to your adrenal gland. And your whole system is flooded with adrenaline and cortisol. It takes 40 seconds for that to run through your system. That's really fast. And this is what typically happens. Is see, I have to get up to my to a point in my life where I have to stop and I have to go, Am I unsafe? Or are my needs not being met? Am I just perceiving this? Because what hasn't happened at this point in that 40 seconds is I haven't used my thinking brain yet. And what happens to me is I start to train myself that when somebody upsets me, I begin to wire my brain that I can respond however I want to respond. It's much easier that way. Don't you know it's much easier to ask for forgiveness after you beat somebody up? Is that okay? No. So here we are. We're looking at this emotion. So I have to get to a place where I have to be able to say, I got to think about this. 
I need to be able to get in this place where I can go, I need to think about this. I need to spend some time here to let my brain get engaged because I know what it feels like when you're in a place and you've been rejected or pushed down or called a name or somebody flips you off. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times that happens to me when I'm out driving. It's like it's crazy to me. It's like, what's wrong with people? They just thinking, just flip people off. I'm like going, what in the world? Are you kidding me? Grown men. What is that? And they call it maturity. Not cool. So I have to get myself to a place where I can start thinking. My prefrontal cortex right here. Everybody kind of touch their head right here. This is where your prefrontal cortex is. This is the part of your brain where you make judgment and decision. Here's what happens. I get angry. 40 seconds. Then I rehearse it. Jeff hurt my feelings. 40 seconds. It runs through me again. Then I think, oh man, I can't stand Jeff. This makes me so angry. And then it goes through me again. And I get in this perpetual place of rehearsing over and over and over and over and over and over again. This is what happens. That cortisol that you're producing actually kills the brain cells that are right here in your prefrontal cortex. Actually kills the the brain cells. The part of your brain that helps you make decisions and judgments. Is this really a good thing for me to be doing? Is this really appropriate for me to be punching my fist through the door? Is this really what I should be doing, text messaging a hateful message to the girl that disappointed me today? When I said hi to her, she didn't say hi back. Truth? And to step back and think for a moment. It can take up to three weeks for that anger to get out of your system. Think about that. That's a long time. And when we talk about anger being a drug, that's exactly what I'm talking about. David is on his way. And there's this powerful, powerful. Let's go to our next slide real quick. First of all, let's look at these. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who does not control his temper. Next one. But now you also put aside anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do you guys see the sequence of how that works? Starts with anger, goes to wrath. Wrath is kind of like, I want revenge. Then it goes to malice, where I want something awful to happen to you. Then it goes to slander. Hey, Jake. 
tell you something about Jeff. And then it goes to abusive speech. He's nothing but a blankety blank blank. <laughs> okay, listen. I know you guys are like, you're laughing about that, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, every one of you in this room has done this. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, I've never done that, you know something? You're in trouble. We all do it. We go there. Next slide. This is really interesting to me, thinking about God. I want you guys to see this for a moment, because this is powerful. In Isaiah 43, the Lord says this, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions. Why? What's it say? For my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. God is there going, if I'm going to be who I say I am, for my own sake, I'm not keeping a list and I'm not going to rehearse this. Reason is why. And, and Micah 7.18 tells us, Who is a God like you who pardons iniquity and passes over the rebellious act of the remnant of his possession? He does not retain his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in unchanging love. God could not be love if he chooses to be angry and not forgive. You, me, anybody in this room will not really to be fully given to love someone if I am a person who walks around harboring anger. I can't. Because this is why. It's always in the way. I'm spending all of my energy right here. All my energy all day long. I'm an angry person. And usually I spend most of my energy trying to cover it up, trying to pretend that I'm not angry. But it happens. So what happens to David? Let's go to our next slide. Abigail, the wife of of Nabal, comes, brings food to David, and says, David, I'll take the blame. It's a powerful story because it tells me a little bit about even her dynamic in that home. She probably spent most of her days 
apologizing for her husband who couldn't keep himself under control. It's my fault, David. And she comes to David and she, she puts herself out there. And this is what David says. David says to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me and blessed be your, dis- your discernment. And blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. We all need an Abigail. We're quick to put on our sword and go and fight somebody on behalf of someone. But how many of us would be willing to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'm going to close, but I want to close just with a quick story. And this is what I want to do today. So I just feel so strongly about this. And I know we're kind of running a little late, but I really want to give you guys a chance to respond a little bit today. When I was in college, Pam and I hadn't been dating very long. We were playing, I was playing a basketball game. And... A guy came, ran into me. I thought I took a charge. The referee said that I, it, was my, it was my foul. And I just went off. I mean, I went off. I went after the ref. I went after everybody. And Pam is sitting there watching me. And that was a day for me where she became an Abigail to me. She had every right to walk away from our relationship. She had every right to say, I can't be with this guy. In fact, we got to a place that night where we just sat there and we were having that conversation. And it was like, whoa. We'll be married 39 years this month. Listen, yeah. Listen. I was thinking this morning as I was just even preparing. That could have been such a different story for me. There would be, I would not, we would not have Tim, Elizabeth, and Rachel. I don't know who, where I would be or what I would be doing. But this is the thing that happened for me. And put up the last slide, if you will, just real quick. We sat there, Pam sat there with me. I could get emotional at this. And for me, anger was this great mountain that I didn't know how to overcome. When you're in a home where when you get in trouble, it's like you get beat or you get things taken away from you or you get shamed or you get whatever that is and it's all done in anger. You got angry so everybody else gets angry at you and punishes you in anger. I didn't know any other way. 
But this is what she did. We sat there and she said, before it's a rubble bowl, you will become a plane. And he will bring forth the top stone with the shouts of grace, grace to it. And what we did was we sat on a couch and I held my hands out and I held my anger here. And I just shouted grace at it. It's about the grace of God. It was a beginning point for me. It wasn't the end of the story. But I needed someone to help me walk through that. And what I want to do today is I just want us to be a little brave today. I've been as vulnerable with you as I can be. And if you just want to be able to stand up today and say, I want to shout grace at anger today. I want people to know that I don't need a band of brothers around me to say, yeah, let's grab our swords and let's go, let's go kill some people. I need someone in my life who's willing to say, I get it. I'm with you. God's grace can help us walk this journey. And today can be a beginning point for you, just like David, of being able to go, I don't want to be this person. I'm just going to ask you to stand up. I'm just going to ask you to be courageous and vulnerable today and just say, ladies, it's for you too. And we're just going to be brief here and I'm going to pray with you guys, but this is what I want to do. I want you to be able, in standing up, I want you to say this. I want you to say, I'm going to make an appointment so I can come in and see Jeff or Carissa or Cassandra or Pastor Jim or Debriana or Kayla and just come in and sit with them and say, I, I struggle with this. I don't want to do that anymore. Can you just stand?